0: Tales and Verse from Distant Lands, Part 2 Jupiter and the Bee A Roman mythological story What did the bee want from Jupiter? The bee made awesome honey Thick and oh so sweet Nothing was as famous as the honey of the bee Came men and animals from afar For her honey, you understand for the taste was very famous in several distant lands. Now the bee was very angry that her honey should be so used. Mulling over it one day, she came up with a ruse. Jupiter on Mount Olympus was the Greek god of the land. She flew high up to him and set her honey at his command. Jupiter tasted the honey. It brought a sparkle to his eyes. Why, this is the sweetest thing I've tasted! He cried out in surprise. Ask a boon, O oh little bee. I will grant your wish. Why, this honey will go with my chef's every dish. Well, said the bee humbly, I request thee, sire, give me a sting to protect the thing the world from me desires. I wish to safeguard my honey from men and animals of the land. The sting would scare them away and leave my honey in my hands. Now Jupiter felt it was selfish to not share this wonderful drink. He tasted some more honey and took the time to think. So be it, said he to the bee. A sting I give to you, but whenever you sting anyone, you shall die too. So, my friends, revenge and hate never did anyone any good. From the story of Jupiter and the bee, I think we have understood. Arthur's sword, Arthurian legend. How did young Arthur become king? The crowds gathered and swelled in the marketplace, awe and wonder written on each and every face. What had not been there just a day before stood before them and amazed them more and more. In the middle of the square, a white marble block shone. And resting on the block was a huge, giant stone. At the top of the stone was the handle of a sword. Among the crowd there rose not a single word. The sword was of a bright golden shade. Shining in the sun were a few inches of the blade. The rest of the blade was buried in the stone. What a miracle was this, witnessed by everyone. Whoever pulls out... The sword, from the stone, is the king of England, on it these words shone. One by one, by turn, the brave knights tried. It stuck too fast in the stone, each of them cried. Then a slip of a boy, named Arthur, came along. Fifteen years of age, merry as a song. He is too young, thought every man in the crowd. How can this be? one wondered loud. Yet Arthur bent and pulled the handle of the sword. It loosened and came out. Not a word could be heard. He held it aloft, shining against the sky. The fair young lad held the sword high. Pin dropped silence in the astounded crowd. Then hail, King Arthur. Someone shouted loud. The shout became a chant, the chant a decree. He pulled out the sword so king he shall be came merlin the magician king uther's son is this he is the king of england the kingdom is now his he shall rule our country wisely and well so arthur was made king a great story to tell The Dragon of Longwitten, a British tale. How did the knight save the people from the dragon? Let's find out. There were three wells in Longwitten Hall, known for their healing by one and all. One day, a plowman came warily around, found to his horror it was out of bounds. A huge green dragon guarded them then. How did it get there? From where, since when? It was visible now, and gone the next, its hissing sound made the plowman vexed. He ran away then, and the news spread. People were worried, they wanted it dead. One day walked in a brave, handsome knight, Sir Guy by name, renowned for his might. Invisible became visible with his magic soul, they say. Hence, he took on the challenge of the dragon to slay. As he rubbed the ointment into his eyes, he could see the beast hissing in anger and surprise. But fight as he might, amid the dragon's cries, the wounds on the dragon healed before his very eyes. Then the reason for the healing of the wounds he could tell The tail of the dragon was always in one of the wells. He tricked the fearsome beast to move further away, leaving behind the wells as they fought all day. With the healing touch gone, now the dragon could be killed. It did not stand a chance against a warrior so skilled. The dragon was slayed, overjoyed was the town. The three healing wells became the town's crown. Longwitten was then renowned far and near for the three triacal wells of healing found here. <music> Diogenes and Alexander, a Greek legend. What could a philosopher and a conqueror have to talk about? Diogenes the philosopher lived in ancient Greece, rejected society's hypocrisies and did as he would please. He had renounced all the material possessions of life. He had no mansion, no servants, no children, no wife. With very few clothes on, he lived in a tub and begged For food in the marketplace hub. Yet his knowledge was more than what people could tell. Cynicism, Socratism, ascetism and more than I can spell. One day Alexander came for a visit. A young prince, a conqueror, a warrior of grit. Diogenes was resting, eyes closed in peace in the early morning sun, from all cares released. Do you want anything? asked the leader Number 1, said Diogenes politely, stand a little out of my sun. Upon which smiled the prince, and said this at that scene, if I were not Alexander, I wish I were Diogenes. But then replied the cynic, tongue-in-cheek but true, if I wasn't Diogenes, I would wish to be Diogenes too." What he tried to teach the people of his times was that a simple natural life brings inner bliss sublime. In material positions we all try to find happiness and joy which are only in our own mind. Pegasus, a Greek legend. How did Pegasus accept his master? Pegasus, the white-winged horse, was born of slain Medusa's blood and Poseidon. His divine powers and strength brought him fame, but wild and free he could not be tamed. Bellerophon, a brave lad of iron will, needed his help, the monster Chimera, to kill. Goddess Athena to him the magic brutal gave to tame Pegasus and with his help the world to save. The boy, after a struggle, could tame the wild one but felt sorry for Pegasus once his freedom was gone. He let him go and set him free. He said, either love me or leave me. Pegasus flew up into the sky. The boy thought it was time to say goodbye. But he came down to be brutal once more, bound by his master's love rather than force. Together many adventures they had and shared many moments both happy and sad. Why the sea water is salty? a Norwegian tale. Whatever you learn, learn it completely. Otherwise, pay the price. A poor man once had no food in his house, so to his rich brother he went, who gave him rice, bread and ham, with which back home he was sent. On the way he saw an old man who looked very hungry and frail. He gave him bread and rice, and as a thanks he was told this tale. Go beyond over that hill. Knock on the door you see. Funny-looking folk will open the door and bargain for your meat with ye. Take only the magic mill behind the door as payment for the meat you bring. Take the mill and bring it back to me. I will teach you to manage the thing. All came to pass as the old man said. The man came back with the magic mill and learned to use it from the old man, and went home down the hill. The magic mill ground out at will, money, riches, clothes, and food. The poor man became so rich, his life became very, very good. A skipper came to him one day, and offered him a hefty price. To sell him the mill, the man agreed, a decision not very wise. The skipper set out to sea with the mill he made it grind some salt, but alas, he had not learnt the command to bring the grinding to a halt. The salt piled up, capsized the boat, the mill sank to the ocean floor, and grinds out salt till this date, which is why the sea is salty for sure. Thunder and lightning, an African tale. How did thunder and lightning end up in the sky? Thunder and lightning weren't always in the sky. This is the story that tells how they reached there and why. A mother sheep was thunder. Her son was a ram. This ram was lightning, who kept getting in a jam. They lived in a village, as mother and son do. In the old, old days, when everything was new. But the ram was very rash and short-tempered too. He got into fights and quarrels with everyone he knew. And when he got angry, he burned down the farms, the trees and the houses, the bushes and the barns. Whenever he did this, his mother called out loud, stopped him in his rampage and tried to appease the crowd. But the people got fed up and complained to the king who banished the mother and son to the bushes in the spring. But this angered Lightning even more after a while. He set fire to crops and bushes as revenge for the exile. Now everyone got angry. The king had to take a stand. He banished mother and son altogether from the land. So both were forced to go up and live high in the sky but the story was not over and i will tell you why when lightning gets mad he strikes and sets fire to bushes and trees then thunder calls behind him for damage control you see first lightning strikes then thunder calls from far away and so this tale is played out till this very day Anansi and the Pot of Wisdom An African tale How did wisdom get distributed? What was the role of Anansi in that? Anansi was a mischievous god in the ancient olden days who was changed into a spider as he would not mend his naughty ways. All the wisdom in the world I wish to own, said he. He gathered it all in a pot. Now all this belongs to me. He carried it most carefully, scared that it should not drop. He searched for the tallest tree and decided to hide it at the top. He tied the pot to his front and started climbing the tree, which proved to be very tough. Oh, why keep slipping, said he. His little son commented, as he watched his father climb, if you tie the pot to your back, you will climb in half the time. Anansi took the suggestion, then climbed up very fast. He reached the top with his spot, which was now safe at last. But then he thought to himself, what good is this spot? When all this wisdom could not do what my son did in one shot. In great anger, he threw it down from the tallest tree. All the wisdom of the world. Scattered, wild and free. So wisdom got distributed all over the world that day. And you and I got a little too. This is what they say. Thus people learned to grow crops and raise animals too. And lived on grains and livestock and learned many things to do. Mullah's Dream, a Middle Eastern folktale. Does having everything guarantee happiness? Mullah Nasruddin went to sleep and had a beautiful dream. In his dream he was in heaven, strange as it would seem. The sun was golden, high in the sky, the sea a pristine blue. He was surrounded by trees and flowers and gardens beautiful too. He felt hungry, and lo and behold, a man appeared right there. What do you wish for? said he. Your wish is my command, my sire. I would like some fresh roast chicken, and fried rice and some wine, and grapes and apples for dessert, and silverware to dine. Everything appeared before him, his every wish fulfilled. He ate and drank his heart's content the hot lunch and dessert chilled then he wanted some fine clothes his robes changed to those of a king and so this went on for many days he didn't have to work for a thing but as we know my dear friends when things come with too much ease the mind is dissatisfied you know becomes that much tougher to please so the mullah told the man one day give me some work to do I feel a discontent with my lot I know not why it's true work said the man in great surprise where is the need for that you have what you want and all you ask just eat drink and grow fat but this is heaven argued Mullah I want some work real bad you're supposed to fulfill my wish This inaction is driving me mad. Heaven? exclaimed the man. Who said this was heaven, mate? This is hell, don't you know? And hereafter, this is your fate. Mullah woke up with a start and realized the truth of life. What makes us value the joys and good times are the hardships, sorrows and strife. The Shah's Solution A Persian folk tale. How did the Shah solve the problem set before him? By the two friends. There once lived a famous Shah in an ancient faraway land who was just and fair beyond compare all laws he did understand. His subjects too were very good and abided by the law and followed his example and he was without a flaw. One day two friends came to court and bowed before him low. The first said, Sire, I bought some land from my friend here a month ago. While digging in this piece of land, to my surprise I saw a pot of gold in the corner of the land, now mine by law, but the gold belongs to him, my lord, for it is an ancient treasure." I want him to accept it with my compliments and pleasure. But he refuses to do so, as he says he has sold the land, and all that is in it should now be at my command. Solve this, O just ruler, for we wish to do what is right. We have racked our brains, and yet there is no solution in sight." The Shah slowly stroked his beard, and thought for quite a while. What children have you? he asked, the two friends with a smile. I have a son, said the first, at the question surprised. I have a daughter, said the second, O ruler, just and wise. Then take their consent, said the Shah, and if they be willing to, get them married, bless them, and give the gold to the two. At this solution of the Shah, the court broke out in applause, a unique way to save the day while abiding by the laws.